Welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, the Lakers lost again. So, yeah, here we go. The Cavs came into LA and beat the Lakers uh, Sunday afternoon. 114 to 100 was the final there. The Lakers defense has been sliding of late. Um, they obviously gave up 130 points to the Utah Jazz and then uh, gave up 114 here in this last game to the the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Lakers played pretty well in the first half, but only led by about six, and that was kind of a red flag for how things might go. Uh, it felt like they should be up by more, but, you know, here's why. So the Lakers from three-point range, uh, their best shooter on the night or on the day was Russell Westbrook. He made three of the Lakers' eight three-point attempts, or three-point makes. Uh, LeBron went one of four, Troy Brown Jr. went two of five, and Matt Ryan went two of three. Everybody else, 0 for. Kendrick Nunn, 0 for four. Lonnie Walker, 0 for three. Wenyan Gabriel, 0 for one. Uh, JTA, 0 for one. Austin Reeves, 0 for one. Austin, if you're going to play 25 minutes and you're considered a three and deep wing, you have to shoot more threes. One attempt isn't enough. Uh, and and yeah, uh, Anthony Davis hasn't attempted a three-pointer in three games. He finishes the night or the day, sorry, with 19 points, 12 rebounds, uh, four assists, and one block. Did get to the line nine times, uh, only made five of those. And I think more notably than any of those numbers, though, only shot, I believe, two times in the second half. And that is, I believe, the second straight half that he has attempted that many shots. Something's going on there. So Anthony Davis has been really limiting uh, the types of shots that he's been taking. And um, it's a lot of stuff at the rim. He's it seems to be really focusing on, on efficiency and uh, getting to the basket. And, and look, in a vacuum, makes total sense. Honestly, if you would have told me that that's how he was going to do this, I'd have been fine with it. But uh, Anthony Davis not attempting a three-pointer in three games is not great. You know, it. I thought one of the things coming into the season, one of the keys coming into the season was him shooting better from three-point range. Last year he shot, I believe, 18% from three-point range. Um, not a high bar here. But you're not going to shoot better than 18% if you never shoot. And the Lakers, they don't have the shooting to make up for AD just kind of focusing on the paint. Sure, you have Matt Ryan, and he's been this incredible story, but you know Patrick Beverly didn't play there. He's their second-best shooter, I think, on volume. Uh, LeBron being one of their other ones, and LeBron has started the season incredibly cold, especially from deep. So AD... You know, it makes sense in some senses to to try and get everything at the rim and then get to the line and all of that stuff. But the 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 rim is so crowded now because the defense just doesn't have to care about anybody. That essentially, what I think is happening here is you know, AD is focusing on on finishing and pick and rolls. Which AD, if you're going to do that, you actually have to set picks. But the other thing is. If the defense is taking away AD there and the Lakers are, are taking what the defense gives them, then they're taking AD kind of sort of out of the game. And um, as frustrating as it is to see AD operate in the pinch post and as ineffective as it can be, uh, him operating there and trying to score in isolation, I think what he'll need to figure out a way to do here is 
adding some kind of a perimeter threat to, to his game and while also maintaining some of the efficiency that we're seeing at the rim. Right now, teams just don't care. So that's just another defender in the key when LeBron is trying to get to the basket or Russ is trying to get to the basket. And Darwin's offense is more modern, so it's opening up the paint a little bit. But the longer that we go here where AD is just not even looking at the rim when he's at the three-point line, the, the, the more and more enclosed that paint is going to get and the more claustrophobic the, the offense is going to get and the, and the more and more stuck in the mud everything is going to feel. So, yeah, I, I thought one thing, one major adjustment that Cleveland made in the second half was just like not caring when Lakers, when the Lakers were open at three from, from the three-point line and it gummed up the offense. The Lakers had no idea what to do because – you have to take open shots, but if you're not making open shots, then it gets more and more difficult to take them, and here we are. The Lakers' de- defense is interesting to me because the on one hand, it's been great to see them defend the way that they have. They're, you know, they're, they've been defending like their heads are on fire. They're, they're flying around the court. AD has been an incredible anchor defensively, uh, especially in the paint. And things have mostly worked, but over time, especially if if your offense isn't putting the ball through the basket and forcing the, the other team to uh, dribble the ball up the court a little more slowly than they would if you're turning the ball over, which the Lakers did yesterday a total of 16 times. Uh, so if, if, if you're turning the ball over or if you're missing open three-pointers, uh, or any kind of three-pointer, which the Lakers shot 8 of 27. So that's 19 misses from three-point range. So if they're getting those rebounds, they typically are long. And that gets you out into transition. And it puts even more pressure on your defense to to get back and to get set up and all of those things. And, and eventually, that pressure is going to burst those pipes. Uh, I think what we're starting to see here is some of the co- lack of confidence offensively leak into the defense. Um, whether it's practically, as I just talked about, where just getting back in transition is harder than getting back after making a basket. And then also, it look, playing basketball is a lot more fun when you're seeing the ball go through the basket. And it's a lot more fun when you're winning. And now that the Lakers sit at 2-7 and seven, and they aren't seeing the ball go through the basket particularly often, uh, I, I, I do think there is a mental aspect of this, an emotional aspect of this, um, that that makes it more difficult to play defense. So, uh, I look, Darvin, I think has said all the right things and, in, in, in saying that, you know, there's no excuse and there's, you know, the Lakers just have to play better defense. I agree. Um, but I think what we're seeing here defensively is a, you know, nine games worth of a pretty ineffective offense, eventually taking its toll on what was and what could honestly be, a legitimately good defense. I I just think the way that they were defending, it, I think, was probably always sustain, uh, unsustainable uh, given how bad the offense is. I kind of like liken the Lakers' defense and their and their issues on that side of the ball right now to, like, I don't know how many of you guys are playing fantasy football, but uh, a couple weeks ago I started the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars on defense, and then uh, this last week I started the Minnesota Vikings and in theory, both of those defenses should have had good days against their opponents. But 
the offense for both of those teams in these last couple of weeks was so constipated that that defense was out there for that much longer. And eventually they get tired. And eventually, again, all of that wear and tear of, of just not being good offensively, that takes its toll. And both of those defenses had pretty whatever days, uh, you know, statistically there. And I think here what we're seeing is is this Lakers defense really starting to feel what happens when the offense can't stay on the field and it forces the defense to 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 stay on it for for that much longer. I've been holding off on on bringing this up because uh you know there are extenuating circumstances that would kind of explain how poorly LeBron is shooting. He goes 13 of 23 from the field, 1 of 4 from three-point range, 0 of 3 from the free throw line. Uh, his legs clearly aren't there. You're seeing it at the rim where he's still trying to slide finishes by defenders rather than going up strong consistently. And and then I think you're really seeing it on his jumper where like he shot a mid-range jumper from like 16 feet that went roughly 13 feet. It was way off. It was so bad that I thought he was going to ask for a foul. And no, it was just that bad of a miss. So, you know, whether it's the foot that he says has been giving him problems, whether it's uh, the stomach bug that that is now apparently making its way through the Lakers roster as Patrick Beverly is is going to be uh, out again tonight when the Lakers play, uh, whatever the, the, the reason for it might be. And there is uh, there are explanations for why LeBron is shooting this poorly. Uh, he still needs to shoot better like the Lakers just desperately need him to shoot better. Uh, given all of their offensive issues everywhere else, th- th- this just there's no margin for error. And if the Lakers' two best players are not threats whatsoever from three-point range, then, yeah, you're just not going to be very good offensively. And um, I, I have one more macro-level point here to make, but, you know, LeBron is you know 38 years old. Uh this foot thing, I don't think we can really isolate a play that he that he tweaked his foot on, and then you know sicknesses happen. So it's not like he's he's more susceptible to the stomach flu at you know this age than he would have been earlier in his life. But but you know at the end of the day, like people, I keep on waiting to see him get healthy and to see what his shooting looks like when he has his legs underneath him. But if there's one thing the 82 game NBA season isn't is forgiving for those who start the year with little dings, uh, you know, right from the get. And for LeBron to be dealing with this right now, that makes me a little nervous, which brings me to that last point. So part of the reason the Lakers were waiting for 20 games, obviously they wanted to see the market play out. They wanted to see which teams might, you know, look around at how their season is going and, you know, maybe get that much more interested in selling off pieces so that they can get, you know, more fully into the Wembenyama sweepstakes. Um, we aren't seeing that to this point. Utah's playing great. Uh, we're seeing Indiana has kind of broken down a little bit. So maybe they are that much more interested. But, uh, yeah, I, we're just it makes me nervous here um, that the Lakers are still waiting 20 games. And I was trying to figure out like why the Lakers are two and seven, right? They, they are very much capable right now of just digging too deep of a hole and not being able to climb out of it. And I'm not saying that's definitely the case. I'm just saying that that could potentially be the case. 
And the other reason that I was thinking that, you know, they're waiting for these 20 games is they want to see how LeBron and AD hold up over a decent sample size. And so far this season, we've seen AD play most of the year, kind of holding his back and looking a little gimpy, um, wearing down over the course of the game as evidenced by his shot uh, output. And then we're seeing LeBron start the year with this foot thing that kind of came out of nowhere. And again, the the stomach flu, I'm not going to hold against him. But if you're Rob Polinka and you are already kind of hesitant to wager the Lakers' future on a on a present that is very much in question. And then you see these guys kind of, you know, trudging through quicksand in order to get through these first 20 games. Are you very confident in, in your uh, ability to save this season with a move? Or would you rather, you know, give it one more go next year when they have, in theory, three picks to work with on draft night? Um, and then, you know, $30 million in cap space. I don't know what that would do for them because that's not enough to sign a max player. But, you know, for 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 the Lakers, it's it, it's hard not to mention and not to notice these guys already looking exhausted. And, and now, look, to be fair, I think any combination of stars would look exhausted given what LeBron and AD have to do on a night-in, night-out basis to keep this awful roster afloat. Uh, that was one of my criticisms of this 20-game approach in the first place is that you know it's kind of a skewed data sample when you're saying, well, you know, you guys weren't able to keep this afloat. Why should we gamble on you guys for this season if you couldn't even do that when this roster is so clearly imbalanced and just flat out bad? Like some of the signings that the Lakers have made just aren't working out. They were hoping that Kendrick Nunn would be productive this year after missing all of last year. He's been terrible. Uh, Damian Jones is somebody they brought back in hoping to recapture some of the magic that he had in the greatest 10-day contract of all time. Uh, He has been unplayable. And then you have Thomas Bryant, who the reason he was available on a minimum contract is because of his injury history. He hasn't played so far this year. So... So what do you do with all of this? Uh, On one hand, you say, well, LeBron and AD already look kind of old. And on the other hand, it's like, who wouldn't old, who wouldn't look old trying to carry this roster? Um, That's kind of the question facing the Lakers. And it's going to be interesting to see as they continue to fall here because their next slate of games aren't getting any easier. It's going to be interesting to see what they choose to do with this kind of dichotomy of of needs and issues all right that's going to do it for this episode of the lakers lowdown podcast make sure you check out both uh the conversation between jacob and hani on can you dig it um recapping yesterday uh on a macro level as well as the game and then if you haven't caught it already raj went live on spaces to focus more solely on the game and the issues presented in it. Uh, So check out all that stuff here on this very feed. Um, Here in a little bit, I think Harrison and I are going to record because the schedule is kind of turned around this week with a really exciting guest who I'm hoping to record with on Thursday. Um, So until then, until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.